0: Well, I want to thank you for joining us online today. You're sitting on your couch at home here in the city of Ottawa or somewhere in the nation of Canada or somewhere around the world. I want to thank you so much for joining us today online. I think it goes without saying that this really has been some difficult, challenging few weeks, unprecedented things that we've never seen before. Well, today, I want to offer us some hope. I believe God has a word that he has stirred in my heart to give to you and to I some hope in these difficult days. Well, we're in our March sermon series called Relentless. And today, I want to talk to you about relentless faith. And I want to take you to a book of the Bible. It's near the end of the Bible. It's the book of 1 Peter. Peter was a fisherman and got a call of God on his life. He became a follower of Jesus Christ and later on he wrote two letters first peter and second peter and he was giving words of hope words of encouragement words of help to to believers who were jewish and gentile most of them were gentiles who were who were scattered abroad because of the persecution of the roman emperor nero and friends the persecution was so intense it was actually so great that they were persecuted physically they were persecuted socially. They were persecuted financially. I even read this week that sometimes Nero would, would take the believers and, and, and he would cover them with the skins of animals and put them out in the open wild so that they would be devoured by animals. And sometimes he would even put tar over them and light them on fire in his garden. It was, it was horrible, horrible, difficult persecution. Well, if you get your Bible and turn with me to First Peter In the first verse, you will discover that they were God's elect. And in the midst of this persecution, they were scattered, scattered different places in in an area that we know today as northern Turkey. They were scattered to the province of Pontus, to Galatia, to Cappadocia, to Asia and Bithynia. But Peter had a word of hope. He had a word of encouragement. He had a word to help them in their times of persecution. And I believe that these are words of help and encouragement and hope for us. So we're going to get right into God's word. And I want to read to you verse six and verse seven. This is our text. We're looking at two verses today. And I believe there's some great principles, great truths. that are going to help you and I to discover or maybe rediscover relentless faith. First Peter chapter one, verse six. And verse seven, let me read to you from God's word. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, I thank you for everyone that has joined us for this online service today. I pray God today that we would discover some relentless faith from the words of Peter. I pray God give us ears to hear and give us hearts to receive. And I'm asking God that this sermon today would bring hope and encouragement to everyone. I ask it now in Jesus name. Amen. Well, you're sitting in your home and you're watching as a family. And I want to thank all of the boys and girls that are joining in for this service as well. And I pray that you would learn from the scripture today as well. And my prayer is that God would give us all some hope and encouragement. Well, today, I want to give you seven things. I want to give you seven truths about trials that we see in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. And I think if we begin to understand these seven truths about trials, it's going to help us to have a faith that is relentless. So what are these seven truths? Number number one, number one, our trials are tests, our trials are tests. Now, the first thing that we see in verse number six, what did Peter say? Peter said, in all this, in all this, in all what? Well, to understand what all this is, you you have to look at the verses before. And Peter hammers out a lot of things of what God has done for his people. Amazing things. You'll notice in verse 1, he calls them God's elect. In verse 2, he calls them God's chosen. And in verse number 2, we also learn that they were sanctified by by the work of the Spirit. And we learned that they were sprinkled with his blood. And, and then he breaks out in this great praise. And in verse number three, praise be to God. And he talks about God's mercy and the living hope and the resurrection of Jesus. And he talks about the inheritance that can never spoil or perish or, or fade. But what I love in verse number five, if, you, if you've got your Bible open, you'll see in verse number five, he tells us that we've been shielded by God's power. Oh, amazing truths, amazing truths. My prayer is that God would shield you and I by God's power, that he would protect us from this virus. Every morning, Evelyn and I get up and we're praying for you. We are praying that God would protect you and God would protect your family and, and God would cover us. So so Peter, in these first verses, unlocks and unloads for us all the amazing things that God has done for us. And so by the time you get to verse 6, and he says, in all this, he's teaching us that if we're going to make it through the trials of life, we got to understand that trials are tests. And a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Did you get that? A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And so trials are tests. You see, the devil wants these trials to destroy you. But God wants the trials not to destroy us, but to develop us. But it's amazing that these trials are like a test, and then it reveals who we are. So, so you see, we gotta make sure that we understand who God is. We understand all that He's done in us so that we would be ready when the trial comes our way, that we would pass the test of the trial. In our home, I love drinking coffee. Evelyn likes coffee. I, I like Tim Horton's coffee. She likes McDonald's coffee. But every every evening she loves a, a cup of tea. It's her it's her Newfoundland roots. And she'll go get the tea bag and she'll, she'll get the hot water and she'll put the tea bag in the hot water. And, and you know that that tea bag, the longer it stays in that hot water, the more the flavor of the tea will get out into the hot water. And so sometimes when we're in the trial, just like the tea bag and the hot water, the longer the tea bag's in the hot water, the more it reveals the, the taste and the flavor. As we're in the trial, it's a test that reveals who we really are and what we've learned about God. Learn to discover who you are in God. He sanctified us. We're chosen. We've been sprinkled with the blood of God. I mean, these are amazing truths that Peter teaches us in these first few verses. And no wonder he says in in all in all this. So the first thing I want you to note: number one, our our trials are tests and a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Then there's number two. Number two, write this in your notes. Our trials are trusting times. Yeah. When you're in a trial, it's an opportunity to really cling on to God and really trust God. In verse number six, the second thing that Peter said, after he said in all this, he says, "You greatly rejoice. Really? I'm in a trial, and I'm supposed to greatly rejoice. Well you don't rejoice for the trial. You can rejoice, though, in the trial. You don't, you don't say, yay, we're walking through this season of coronavirus. I mean, this is so difficult. But, but in the midst of the trial, we can still rejoice greatly. Now, now, here's the secret. Here's the secret. In the middle of the word rejoice is the word joy. And I think it's important that we begin to understand that there's a big difference between joy and happiness. I mean, Happiness is something that happens around you. And joy is something that happens within you. I mean, happiness is about what happens in your life. It's about your circumstances. But joy is all about what Christ has done in you. Happiness, what happens around you. Joy, something that's in you. Happiness about the circumstances around you. But joy is about what understanding what God's done in you and for you. And so if we're all caught up in happiness, we just might not be happy when things don't go our way. But, but joy is different. Joy is something internal. Joy is something that comes from Christ. And, and so here, here's the turning point. Here's the, the trusting. When you, you, you can trust him when you, when you begin to say, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna rejoice. I'm, I'm gonna give him praise. You know, I think it's kind of cool. That in this real difficult season that's so unprecedented, that doesn't make sense, Doesn't we can't figure it out. We don't know how things are going to change next week. And we don't know when school's coming back. We don't know when we can gather back as a church. And you don't know when you're going to go back to work. And everyone's staying home. And, and everyone's self-isolating and distancing from each other. And it's really weird. And, and it's a little confusing. It's really uncertain. But, but we got to learn in the middle of it, to rejoice in the Lord always, to greatly rejoice. You see, one of the truths of trials is understanding that you can trust him, and because you can trust him, you can rejoice in him. So so church, let's give hope to our neighbors. Let's give hope to people that are filled with fear and Freaking out and uncertain and anxiety. Let's, let's let that joy of God that's in us well up, bubble up in us and bubble up out of us. Number two, our trials are trusting times. Then there's number three. Number three. I mean, number one, our trials are tests. Number two, our trials are trusting times. Number three, our trials are temporary. And when you go back to verse number six, he says in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, though now for a little while, little while means a season, little while means a brief period of time. But it really, if we're honest, is a matter of perspective. Let, Let me illustrate. Have you ever done something that you really love to do and you look at your watch and you go, wow where did time go? I mean, like two hours go by and it feels like it was only 15 minutes because you're doing something that you love to do. And the time went real fast. Well, let, let me give you another illustration. You're sitting, listening to a sermon online and you're like, oh, when's this guy going to finish preaching? Like, like you feel like a half hour has gone on. It's only been five minutes. Or we have a lady in our church. Here's a long time. She This coming spring is going to turn 100 years old. Amazing. But it's perspective. I mean, here's these Jews and these Gentiles being persecuted by Emperor Nero, the Roman emperor, and it was really hard, and it was really difficult. I mean, when Peter wrote this, it's AD 64. This is the first of nine persecutions that they went through. And, and it, it was going on for a long period of time. Now think about the coronavirus. How long is this going to last? We don't know. We don't know. We don't really know when we'll be able to come back and worship. We don't know. And, and some of the trials we walk through, when you're in them, let me be honest, it feels like it's a long long, long, long time. But I wanna tell you today, when you go through a trial, it's a matter of perspective. Because don't take the earthly perspective, take the heavenly perspective. Don't take the perspective of the here and now, take the eternal perspective. I mean, your trials might feel like they're lasting, but, but here's a word for you today, they might be lasting, but they're not, everlasting in the face of eternity. I mean, eternity, eternity forever and ever and ever. I I don't know how long we're going to live here on Earth. 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. But in the scope of eternity, what you are walking through is so temporary and so short. It's a small period of time. and, And think about it. God's got all of eternity to make it up to you. You see, you'll have a faith that's relentless. When you begin to understand that your trials are temporary. I really believe we're going to get through this coronavirus. We're going to get through this. And someday we're going to get to the other side and we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, God was faithful. God was so good. But, but a relentless faith understands that our trials are temporary. Number one, our trials are tests. Number two, our trials are trusting times. Number three, our trials are temporary. But then there's number four, our trials are timely. And I want you to look at the latter part of verse six. He says, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to. You may have had to. One translation says it's, it's necessary. It's necessary. It's your duty. It's, it's going to happen. And, and I've learned trials of life are timely. God knows when. God knows how long. And he knows how much. He knows when it'll begin. And he knows when it will end. But they're timely. You see, everybody... Everybody who's watching online today will all have to go through life's trials. And they're timely. And they're necessary. And they develop our faith. And they will bring great results in our life. You see, you see, we could debate today did did God cause the trial or did God allow the trial? I don't know. Did he cause it? Did he allow it? I just know it's happening. I know this. God can amazingly bring something good out of something bad. Because the devil wants to destroy us through the trials, but God wants to develop us through these trials. But these trials are timely. They are necessary. I mean, God wasn't surprised that, that, that the whole world would change a few weeks ago. It's not like God's up in heaven going, wow, I didn't see that coming. He wasn't surprised with the coronavirus. I believe he's gonna do something good through all of this something really really good i'll tell you one of the amazing good things god has done i'm now seeing churches starting to get online because they have to go online i mean i don't have all the numbers from last sunday but we've been doing live streaming for years But the number of people that went online last week just to watch us was way, way up in the thousands. I mean, more than we've ever had before. And and I'm telling you, friends, churches all around the globe were online. And Jesus was being made famous online in Canada, in the United States, in South America, in Asia, in Europe, all around the world. Jesus is being made famous, but trials, trials are timely. God knows the when, he knows the how much, and he knows the how long. I mean, they're necessary, they're, they're timely. Number one, our trials are tests. Number two, our trials are trusting times. Number three, our trials are temporary. Number four, our trials are timely. Here's number five, our trials are terrible terrible. I mean, when you're in a trial, you don't have to like what you're going through. I mean, let's be honest. It's not fun going through all that we're going through. I mean, whatever you walk through in life, when it's a trial, it's not fun. You don't have to enjoy it. I don't want you to have to endure it. I want you somehow to greatly rejoice in God because your strength is found in him. But trials, trials are terrible. Now, look at verse six. Look at verse six. At the very end of verse six, he says, you may have had to suffer grief, suffer grief in all kinds of trials, suffer. I mean, that's what happens when you're in a trial. You suffer. Grief means heaviness. It means weight. It means it's not fun. It's not, it's not good. You don't like it. Suffer, suffer, suffer grief. And then it says in all kinds of trials, which means trials have different shapes. Trials have different sizes. I mean, here's the commonality between all of us on planet Earth. Everybody will go through a trial. Everybody will go through something but what we go through might be different from what someone else goes through. You ever notice sometimes the trial you have, you go through the same trial again. I mean, they come in different shapes, different sizes, different amounts, but, and we suffer and it's grief and all kinds of trials and tribulations and it's difficult and it's, and it's hard and it's terrible. I mean. Folks, when you've got a relentless faith, don't minimize that trials are difficult. Sometimes people come to me and go, oh, Mark, what I'm going through, it's nothing compared to what someone else is going through. Do not minimize the trial that you are going through. Your mountain is big. What you are facing is big. Some of you in our church family, because of the coronavirus, you've been laid off. That's big. Some of you in the midst of this coronavirus I mean I mean both you and your spouse have been laid off that's huge that's huge I mean, some of you, you're, you're battling anxiety and fear and, and worry. and Maybe you've not told anybody about this, but man, your fear, and your anxiety is just ramping up because like this is freaky and this is tough and this is hard. Don't minimize it. It's horrible going through this, but, but a relentless faith says, I, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord through this. I know this trial is temporary and I know I'm going to get through this and I know God's going to take care of me. Why? Because he's God. But I want you to understand that trials trials are terrible. Number one, they're tests. Number two, they're trusting times. Number three, they're temporary. Number four, they're timely. Number five, they're terrible. But then there's number six. I don't want you to miss this. Our trials are transforming. I want to take you to, to verse number seven, the first part. Peter says, these have come. He gives us the reason why these trials have come. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, the the, the proven genuineness or sincerity of your faith. Let's go back to the quote, faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And Peter here says, oh, I love this, I love this, I love this. Peter says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, the proven genuineness of your faith. He uses a Greek word here for, for the proven genuineness. It's the Greek word dokimos, D-O-K-I-M-O-S. And it means, it means a faith that has been tested and has been proven to be real and genuine. I mean, I mean, when you got a faith that is strong, you're not going to abandon God in the trials. You're going to hold on to God and the genuineness of your faith is going to be revealed. Now, watch this. Peter uses the illustration of gold. Look at the screen. Peter says these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold. He compares your genuine faith to gold. And he says that your genuine faith is of greater value than gold. And man, gold in those days was really, really costly. But he says something else here. He says it's, it's greater, greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, refined or tested by fire. I'm told that it takes four tons of raw gold, the raw stuff that the gold comes in, the raw gold mineral, four tons of raw gold ore mineral to produce one little ounce of gold, four tons of raw material of the raw gold ore produces one little ounce of gold. And so they take it and they put it into a furnace And they make it real hot. They turn it up to like a 1,000 degrees Celsius. And they say, when that happens, here's what goes down. It starts to liquefy. And all the impurities begin to rise to the top. And the good gold goes to the bottom. But the impurities rise to the top. And they would skim off all of the impurities off the top. And and after they did that, they'd let the gold at the bottom solidify. And they would, the the ancient goldsmith, this is what he would do. He would look into that gold. And when he could very clearly see a reflection of his face, a clear reflection of his face, he knew then that the gold was the purest. Sometimes it didn't happen the first time around. So They they put the gold in the furnace, the raw ore in the furnace. the, The impurities go to the top and they skim off the impurities and they let the bottom part solidify and they look at it and they go, man, that's not pure yet. So they put it back into the furnace. And sometimes they'd have to do that over and over and over again. But when they knew that the gold was the purest is when the goldsmith would look into the gold and he would see a clear reflection of himself. Here's, here's the transformation. I think that God allows trials to happen in our life so that our genuine faith of him can be revealed in our life. And so when we're, we're walking through the trial and we're being tested and we come forth like we're so true. I mean, it's like when you're going through something, people look at you and they go, I, I see Jesus in your life. Have You ever met someone like that? Oh, my goodness, you, what you're walking through, I, you look so much like Jesus, the way you're talking. You you're acting so much like Jesus. You see, when we walk through the trials, a transformation takes place. You become more and more and more like Jesus. What are the impurities that he he takes away? The impurities of greed, the impurity of of worry, the impurity of whatever it is. When we're in the fire of the trial, he he removes all the impurities. and, And eventually, when the gold is the purest, the reflection of the goldsmith can be seen in the pure gold. And when we walk through the trial, at the end of it, we become more like Jesus. I'll tell you what my prayer today is that when the church gets through this coronavirus season, that we'll become more like Jesus than we were before, that we'll have a faith that is stronger, we'll have a hope that is greater, we'll have a a spiritual working of God in our life that is transformed by our living God, that we'll become more like our God after the trial. We become more like him. I'm preaching, aren't I? My prayer is that God would do that work because trials are transforming. But there's one more thing, and I want to close with this one more thing. Our trials are testimonies. Our trials, our trials, our testimonies. One day, someday, Jesus is coming back for his church, and someday we're going to get to heaven. And someday we're going to be standing before Jesus as a testimony of how we have walked and lived on earth and and how we've we've, we've got through that trial and our genuine faith has been revealed. Let me read the scripture. This is powerful. I I want to close with this. This is powerful because at the end of this verse, Peter says something amazing He says may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Someday we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be standing there before the father. And Jesus is going to look at you and he's going to look at me and he's going to say to the father this is this is mark this is martha this is Mario. this is frank And he's going to tell the Father how you endured the trials of life and how your faith was genuine and how your faith was true and how how you stood the trial and how you made it through the difficulty. But now you're in heaven and you didn't abandon your faith. You didn't walk on God. You didn't turn your back on God. You didn't run from God. But you ran into the arms of God and you had a faith that was genuine. You had a faith that was true. And then I could see the great cloud of witnesses breaking out in praise and glory and honor to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Because when you get to heaven, it's going to be a testimony of how you made it through your trial. Oh, he's going to heap on you praise and glory and honor and that praise and that glory and that honor is going to be brought back to Jesus Christ and we're going to give him the glory and the honor and it's going to be a testimony of the faithfulness of God. What am I trying to say to you today, church? We're going to get through this season. We're going to get through this season. God is calling you and God is calling me to have a faith that is relentless and so we better start to understand that our trials are tests. Our trials are trusting times. Our trials are temporary. Our trials are timely. Our trials are terrible, but our trials are transforming. It's kind of like we're in the furnace and we're like the raw gold ore in the furnace and he's burning away the impurities. But when we get through to the other side, we're going to be more like Jesus than we were before the trial. And when we get to heaven, It's going to be a testimony of the faithfulness, the faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. I'm preaching now. I hope you're standing off your couch and on your floor right now. I hope that you're lifting up your hands and giving him praise because I've got a word for you today. We're going to get through this coronavirus and God is going to do something great. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I think he's going to hone in our priorities and we're going to begin to realize what really matters the most. I've got a feeling the church is going to be stronger when we get through this coronavirus. I've got a feeling that God's going to give the church a greater opportunity to share hope with our cities and with the world. God wasn't shocked by the coronavirus. God's going to do something great in the midst of this. The devil wants to destroy us in the midst of this, but God wants to develop us in the midst of us. Better days are ahead, and he's calling the church. He's calling you, and he's calling me and he's calling us to have a faith that is relentless. Come on, put your hands together right in your home and give him praise. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all glory. And so I want to challenge you today with these words. I'm in the Jews and the Gentiles in those days. We're going through lots of persecution, but God spoke to Peter And Peter gave hope to those persecuted Christians. And my prayer today is that this message would give you hope. Well, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna close. But before I do, it's interesting that today was scheduled to be our all church monthly prayer. And God's been doing some amazing things. Back in January, 500 people gathered in this auditorium for a prayer night. In February, hundreds and hundreds of people gathered in this auditorium for prayer. So how can we have a prayer gathering tonight with all the restrictions on us? Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm giving you and I a call to prayer. And for you to join Mark and Evelyn, we're going to be at our home tonight at our home tonight. You're gonna be at your home tonight at six o'clock. At six o'clock on Facebook Live and Instagram, Evelyn and I are going to host a prayer gathering from our home. And so you right in your home can join in with us at our home as we have a prayer gathering in homes all around our city. So I wanna invite you to join us tonight. And uh, six o'clock, it won't be a long time, but for a brief period of time, We're going to just sing a little worship. Pastor Brad and Ricky are gonna join us at our house, and he's just gonna lead us in a little bit of worship, and then Evelyn and I are gonna lead you in some prayer, and we're just gonna believe that God's gonna do great things, so this is the call to prayer tonight. Well, I wanna thank you for joining in online today. I believe I've shared what God has put in my spirit to share with you, but I wanna pray for you. And before I pray, I just wanna encourage you Lean in on God, trust him. We're going to get through this. Let the words of hope from first Peter speak to your life. And I hope that you would join us next Sunday, nine or 11 o'clock on March the 29th as we're back online having church in your home. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, I wanna thank you for everyone that has chosen to watch online today. People in the city of Ottawa, people across our province, and people across our country, and people across North America and around the world. God, I believe there are literally thousands of people that have joined in for this service today. And I pray, God, fear would be gone and faith would rise up. I pray, God, that we would rediscover how to have a faith that is relentless as we apply these seven truths about trials. Thank you, God, for this amazing church. Thank you, God, for all you're doing. God, I really believe greater things you're going to do through this. And I pray blessing and covering over everyone. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen.